Bibles up with me and declare with me that this is God's word, not Pastor Omar's word. Come on, Simon, this is God's word, not Lady Stennett's word. Amen. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be what it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I will never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Listen, it says in Ephesians 5.33, Nevertheless, each individual among you also is to love his own wife, even as himself. And the wife must see to it that she respects her husband. So this whole idea of this sermon that we're going to speak about is love and respect. So husbands, love, and wives, respect. Right? Heavenly Father, we pray in the name of Jesus that you will open our eyes to see your truth. Open our ears to hear your voice. Open our minds to understand your word. And our hearts to receive everything you have in store for us. Lord God, this is your time. This is your people. This is your word. So the glory belongs to you and to you alone. It's not our eloquence or our study. It is your spirit that touches lives and moves lives. And so we depend solely on the Holy Spirit of God this morning. Do what you're famous for in our midst. May your word your spoken word have life-transforming impact on us this morning. And may we never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen and amen and amen. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you so much. Um, I'm going to let Lady Stennett begin. And if, if, if she saves some time for me at the end, uh, I'll be come back. But the time is and I'm thinking that you should take a chair and sit right here with me. All right. Go ahead. <laughs> Good morning. Good morning, family. As you know, this is not my cup of tea. I remember the first time back then Uncle Omar tricked me into speaking at Rock Teens. I can tell you it was not a good feeling. I felt as if I had bubble gums in my mouth. I, my mouth was off. But let's see if I've grown a little under his, his mentoring and tutoring this morning. All right, so as um, he says that we're going to speak this morning on love and respect. And so my duty is to speak on the wife's side. So ladies, you have to cheer me up this morning. You, you, all right, I like that. I like that. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Um, Dr. Emerson Egeridge has written a book on this very verse called love and respect. The love she most desires, most desires, and the respect he desperately needs. In this book, he describes the way men and women view things in general. As Pastor says before, totally different. Men are blue or like blue, they see things blue, and women see things pink. So we use those, you know, use those colors. When, when, you, when a baby is born, you know the sex of the baby by the color blanket that they're wrapped in, right? So if it's a girl coming out in pink, and if it's a boy coming out in blue. So men wear blue hearing aids and sunglasses that influence how they hear and see things. Women, on the other hand, wear pink hearing aids and sunglasses that influence how they hear 
and see things. Men need respect from their wives and others, and so they wear respect sensor device. So they have a device, and it is called the respect sensor device. This device picks up respect. And wherever that signal goes off, that is where they will spend their time and give their attention. Do you agree with me? So if they're respected in the homes, they're going to stay in the home. If they're respected at the bars or with their friends, then they're going to spend most time with their friends. On the other hand, women need love from others, especially their spouses. And so they wear love sensor devices. And so this device, whenever you hear that beeping sound, beep, 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 that means something good is happening. And, of course, we all know what this device does. Once it picks up the love signal, that woman will definitely embraces and she will share and she will stand by you as long as that signal goes off. And sometimes you will hear her sing, I will cross the ocean for you. I will go and bring you the moon. I will be your hero, your strength, anything that you need. Right, ladies? Okay. So according to John Gray's book, men are from Mars and women are from Venus. When a woman communicates, she communicates in womanese. Uh, trying to find something, but I couldn't figure out what, what the, the Mars, you know, they would speak and what the Venus, they would speak. So the woman would speak womanese and men would try to hear through their blue hearing aids. So can you imagine women speaking womanese and men trying to hear through a blue hearing aid? Don't, it, 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 it just not in sync. All right. When men try to communicate, they communicate through darkies. Women hear it through their pink hearing aids and the message is lost in, let's say it's lost in space because we're talking about Mars and Venus. So it is lost in, in space. And that is where things start to get rocky. Last week, Pastor spoke on friends. And he said, you know, I, I really like the tagline. Thank you for being a friend. And I honestly think that our spouses should be our best friends. Wives, your husband should be your best friend. And husbands, your wives should be your best friend. There is no if, no buts, and no maybes. And so, if you are not at the place where you can honestly say to your spouse, thank you for being my friend. Thank you for being my friend. Then, we need to be working on something. Not true. Okay. I believe men to be the leaders in the home and God has commanded them to be. We are going to cover how men can become better communicators of love in their wives, of loving their wives. I just smile because the introduction so longer than Pastor Owen, so, and I don't get to the message yet. Anyway, <laughs> you will learn this morning, a few tools, just a few gadgets, a few nuggets, just, you know, a few things I'll share from the woman's perspective. And I really do hope that, you know, you will pick them up and use them as you see fitting. You will be better able to control what Emerson refers to as the crazy cycle. So in that book, he, the first part of it, he speaks of crazy cycle. He states that everyone who has been married knows what it's like to be on the crazy cycle. It's a cycle where if I'm not respected, then you won't get no love. 
if I am not loved, then you won't be respected. And that is the crazy cycle. And that happens when communication is lost in space. All right? So, I'm going into the message now. This is my first point. Closeness. Meeting her eye to eye is one of a woman's greatest needs. Genesis 2.24 says, For this reason a man shall leave his father and his mother and join to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. Before woman had been created from the rib of Adam, God had already decided that men needed a suitable helper. Why? We are definitely not used to the full. Well, men are not definitely. They're definitely not used to the full range of emotions and abilities we have. We would have been very, very lonely. Or men would have been very lonely, sorry. Men would have been very lonely without a woman by their side. Because as you see in Genesis that the Lord said it was not good for man to be alone. And so he did a surgery on Adam, we see that, took a rib and he created for him a partner. And so we were created to be partners, to be helpmates. Let's look closely at the word used to bring man and woman together. Joined or cleave. When you go to a wedding, the pastor says, We're, we come together to join this man and this woman in holy matrimony. And so, joined, kind of look up the meaning of join. You know, not like, I said, let me see. So it is, to be joined is a coming together or working together. And cleaved is staying close to someone, sticking close to someone. And so when you get married, it is, and that is why I'm asking my husband to sit here with me because he's too far away. Because, you know, I want to cleave to you. Anyway. All right. So, having those two words, we know that we need to be together. Husband, your wives need you to stay close to her. The two people are to become so closely connected and interrelated that they are just like one. They're single, so they become one. There's an old saying that after being together for long, you start looking and sounding alike. Do you know any couple like that? That after a couple of years, they start, you know, looking alike or finishing each other's sentences or something. They say, you look like your husband's sister Sharon, brother Kevin. Yeah, you look like you. Yeah. And, you know, so it, 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 does, it does happen. That, that, that is a closeness. That closeness, that is what happens when you cleave, when you join together. So just as God wants to be intimately connected with us. He made woman to be intimately connected with man. The last thing man seemed to want to do at times is look people in the eyes and talk to them. However, a woman wants to be connected. She wants eye-to-eye contact. When you give her eye-to-eye contact, she sees your heart. And a lot of times, men don't want the women to look in their eyes because they're afraid that we're going to see something that they don't want us to see. Because you wear your heart. You know, you wear your heart in your sleeve. No, your heart is really in your eyes. <laughs> and so men really don't like eye-to-eye contact. They, 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 they will not stare you in the eye. Um, I don't know if, if 
when any of your husband were proposing to you that, you know, they knelt and steered. I, I don't know if they did that. Did they do that? My, own, my, my husband did not do that. Um, I can tell you, I was at work one day, and my, my, my friend, my good friend appeared, and he says, I have lunch for you. I said, lunch? I said, okay. So I went around the lunchroom, and of course, there was lunch. When I opened the box, <laughs> there was rice and ring. Okay. Yes, rice. That, that's, a new, and that's, that's a new menu, you know, rice. <laughs> rice and ring. But, you know, he, he, he did not stare me in the eye and say, you know, honey, all, the, all the, the hallmark and the mills and boons and the, yes, no, that, that wasn't there. So, you know, women want eye-to-eye contact. Women want to see what you're saying. Not just hear we want to see, so we want to look you in the eye, and we want you to speak to us. Remember, God made her to be intimate, and you married an intimate creature. In her world, sitting and talking face-to-face with her means that you love her and you appreciate her. So now, we come to the grinding halt here. When men desire independence and women desire involvement, men desires to be independent, but women want to stay close. Women want to be joined. They want to be under your arm. You know, they want to be hooked to you. Where, where, wherever I go, you go, kind of a thing. Um, if I move, you move. Yes, that, that, that's how women function. That, that, that's one of our, our things. Closeness is simply an easy way to help her feel loved. She needs to be close to feel loved. That is just a woman thing. And I know some men will say, but I'm always at home. Being at home is different from being close. You being in the bedroom and the wife being, you know, in the living area, or you sitting on the veranda and or the wife in the kitchen, that is not spending time together. That is not being close. So let me give you a little, I mean, I know women, some men, let me give you a little secret. Women, they want to know that if they're in the kitchen cooking, that you pull up a chair even if you're not helping, that you are right there, you know, conversing, saying one thing, even when, you know, they're cutting up the onions and maybe it's affecting the eye, your eyes and you want to t- listen, bear it. That is what they need. You're out, she's outside pinning out the clothes. She would love for you to stand sometime with a clothespin basket and hand her a clothes. And these are just little things. There are other things. But these are just some of the simple things. Just these little things. That was <laughs> Man, do I need to interject? Thank you, ladies. I, I know that you would back me this morning. You know, I guess. <laughs> Women need closeness. They do. And, and you know, don't, don't take it for granted that because you're at home that you're being close to your wives. You're not. Second point, openness. She needs to talk it out with you. Women, I remember... I think it was Pastor Omar who did something and um, how women talk and he gave the, the amount of words or the amount of, you know, the speed at what they, they, they talk, how they talk and all of that. And that's, you know, by the time the woman reached halfway through, 
the men is either asleep or you are so tired, you know, about hearing all of this that is like, really, you're not, you're not hearing. And that goes again because you're wearing blue hearing aids. And so sometimes you need to just take out the blue hearing aids and try, just say, honey, lend me one of your pink hearing aids and just pop in the pink hearing aids. That way you will definitely hear what she is saying. Solomon 2 verse 10. Song of Solomon 2 verse 10. My beloved responded and said to me, Arise, my darling, my beautiful one, and come along. Come along with me. Can you imagine? Wives, can you imagine you wake up in the morning and your husband says, My beloved, arise and come with me. Come along with me. Let's go for a walk. Let's, so we can walk and talk in the coolness of the morning. Man, wow. Man, you need to put down your blue earring aids. You need, to, you need to start connecting. Feel a little pinkish, you know? Yeah, feel a little pinkish this morning. Do you remember when you and your spouse were dating? Ladies? Do you remember when you were dating? Did you, you know, did they talk about all sort of things with you? And stayed up with you on the phone all night? Sometimes, I mean, they start peep through the window. And, I mean, maybe most of us the time, we never have WhatsApp. And so, you know, it was, sometimes it's texting or you're talking. And it was just... Just good because they're spending time with you. They're talking to you. They're hearing you. And, you know, it was, it was good. It was good. And so if, if they did that, or if you are part of that, that, then, you know, husbands, that is one of the reasons why your wives marry you. Because you used to spend time talking on the phone and sending her love messages and just checking up on her every now and again. And, you know, honey, are you good? Honey, always, honey, there, honey, there, honey. There. Yes, that's one of the main reasons why she married you. Because you spent time talking to her and listening to her. Right, ladies? And, you know, them time when you look for another ladies, them say, You, you light up my life. You give me hope to carry on. Oh, Lord. Or you captured me without a fight. <laughs> oh, boy. I mean, ladies, I don't spend time listening to even the, Rome, the love songs anymore. Not true, because... Boy. Mm-mm. All right. Well, I do hope that after... After today, that we'll, we'll spice it up a little bit and, and combine, you know, pink and blue becoming one. Because that's, that's how it's going to work. But unfortunately, once you were married, that problem, that, that probably ended. She is still expecting and waiting to hear from your heart. Your wives are still waiting to hear Still wanting that little surprise phone call or that little text message or, you know, just something. Just something. I remember one day my husband sent me a song. He said, honey, this is for you. I said, oh, so sweet. That was just very thoughtful, you know. So think of it this way. Pink and blue. See and hear things differently at the level of marital intimacy. Think of this difference as two types of electrical circuits. On one circuit, there are 3,000 lights. And the circuit is so designed that if one light gets smashed, the whole string goes out we have some Christmas lights like that. Not true. 
you'll have it for years and then one Christmas you decide to put it up and you don't get anything. And you have to search. If you have the patience, you know the patience, you go through and you start because you know one, one bad bulb just needs to be replaced. And so you will spend time looking for that bulb so that your light can work. And so it is that Sometimes it's just one, just one thing, maybe one, one thing that you need to do to get your spouse light up. All right. So we're going to work this through, right? So, so that's a very important example, right? So you have all of these lights, if one goes out, it affects everything else. Then you have a next circuit that has over 3,000 lights, and you can smash 2,000 of those lights, and the other 1,000 will still work. Right. What does that mean? Because at, at the level of intimacy, the wife is like the first circuit. If a serious marital conflict exists, this affects her whole being. That's kind of how, and many need to understand this. For us, we are disintegrated. We're not together. Everything is different. But for a woman, one bad light affects everything. So, um, a woman, if she, you know, you probably understand why your wife don't want to have sex with you. Because she asked you to wash the car and you never washed it. And you can't understand what not washing the car has to do with sex. Because to you, they are two separate things. To her, it's one circuit. It's, it's one circuit. And that bad bulb, like you were supposed to call her and say hi, and you didn't. And you think like, what kind of little thing that? It's one bulb. Right? For a man, on the other hand, like you mash up 2,000 times light, it can still have sex without matter. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> I mean, that's on a different circuit. It doesn't matter. All if 2,999 mash up, as long as one is working, <laughs> everything is fine. Because for us, everything is, is separate. So women are, they have what they call integrated personality. Her mind, her body, and her soul are connected, and her entire system reacts to feelings of hurt. So if a woman is, is not feeling well physically, she can't be connected emotionally. Right? And that is why if she's not feeling well emotionally, she can't operate physically. Because everything to her is connected. So that is why a man can't understand how she tired, what tired have to do with sex. Tired not nothing to do with sex. You're tired. That doesn't say that we can't make love. It's different things. No, it, it's all affected. Because in a man's head, if you're tired, it no matter if you can still make love. Is it making sense? Right? Now, to repair the whole thing, the whole string of lights can be done very simply. You have to talk to her about it. And so for the men, listen, this, this one answer thing don't work in marriage. One word answer don't work in marriage. How was your day? Good is not the answer. <laughs> Good is just the beginning of the paragraph. Because for a woman, talking it out means we need a paragraph. Well, they need a paragraph, so they ask open-ended questions. So you have to view no question she asks, the answer is yes or no. And when she is speaking, she's not going to give a yes or no answer. I have some friends, and when they ask the question, men, they say, answer me, yes or no. Women want you to talk. They want explanation. Men don't need that. So when she is now about to talk to you, this is where now you have to allow her to talk it out. We want to sugar off or blow off the whole thing. Right? She wants to talk it out. 
And if you do that, she will feel loved and respected. So sit down, turn off the entertainment, and look her in her face and talk to her. Because women need openness. Part of that openness is to sit down. So you need to have talk time in your marriage. And that talk time is to let her talk and you listen. That's hard to do for men. Because men only talk when they like doing sports. Men talk when they are winning and achieving. And if there's no competition in it, they don't talk. And therefore, therein lies the problem. Like, the, the guys and us will talk about football for hours. And don't spend hours talking to our wives about our marriages. Yeah, ladies, you ever wonder why? Even after church, you'll find that your husband goes downstairs and they will group up and talk for hours. I mean, the curfew is a good thing for us now because, you know, they don't have... <laughs> but when we reach home, the husband's going to the room, turn on the TV and find the sports or they go to sleep and they leave you cooking or you attending to the kids if they had only saved that little talk energy from downstairs to bring home with you then at least yep, yeah man they're all talk, all talked out no no more talk leave but <laughs> women need to talk it out men Women need to hear from you. They want you to be open and honest. And you know, one of the things um, that I've noticed is men don't like to share their emotions or their feelings. And, you know, as women, we want to share how we're feeling. And sometimes the men will say, but that is what you, I mean, sometimes you might be having a, bad day at work and then somebody bad drive you and then you feel so overwhelmed and you just feel like man and then you go home and say dear you know that I read and but so you may not upset you don't never upset you I mean we have bad drivers all along for the road so what but at the time when that happened you were just overwhelmed you you you, you were having a bad day and so we want you to say honey I understand. I understand. Even when you're just stealing out your head, you'll say, I don't know what my wife will go on so over. We just need you to say, honey, I understand. I understand. Yes. So, we don't understand when you shrug us off or blow, or blow us off and say, that's okay. No, man. If it's tough up, man, I can't just imagine some of the husbands that are doing that. Oh, man, you're a big girl. Yes, you need to tough up. But we weren't created like that. So let's jump into my third point. Understanding. Don't try to fix her. Just listen. First Peter 3, verse 7. You husbands, in the same way, Live with your wives in an understanding way as with someone weaker. Since she is a woman and show her honor as a fellow heir of the grace of life. So that your prayers will not be hindered. The scripture says it all. Live with your wife in an understanding way. Accept regardless of how stupid her feelings may seem to you, and that she is an emotional, intimate creature that has needs and wants that you cannot sometimes understand. When Eve chose to sin and offered some to Adam, she was cursed so that her affection would burn for her husband. 
So even to this day, women have the same desires to be with a man because she desires to be with you. Close and open to you. You have tremendous power in that relationship. So when you get close to your wives, you will have tremendous power. You can either build her up or tear her down, depending on how you treat her and what you say to her. Husbands, word, words hurt. They are like stones. A lot of times we don't think that, but they do hurt. Sometimes maybe they weren't meant the way that you say them, but as we go back again, Pastor Omar says, you know, women, one little word can be that little bad light and you're going to have to fix it. And no, men don't work like that. Your lights don't go out with just one statement or one word or one shrug of the shoulders or an attitude or a pulping of the eyes or, you know, um, just a walk away from a discussion. But for women, everything matters. Everything. Everything matters. And so, men you need to try to understand your wives. Think of the difference between a crystal ball and a silver ball. The husband, you see, I'm giving you silver. I mean, I could give you um, some enamel pot, but I'm giving you a silver ball. Wow. I'm just, you know, be nice. The wife is crystal. However, between the two balls, they might not be different because of what they're used for. Because you put vegetable in the silver and you put vegetables in the crystal. You might put some uh, fruits in the silver. You put some fruits in the crystal. So at the time when you're using it, it really doesn't, it really, you know, they're used for the same thing. So the value is about the same. But the crystal, when you hold that in your hands, the weight is different from the silver. The texture is different from the silver. The, you know, the edges, everything feels different. I remember long, 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 long time, I used to work at this duty-free store, and they carried crystals. They are some of the most beautiful pieces that you can look at. Sometimes you don't even want to walk across that shell because you don't want to bounce them. But each piece comes with a little care booklet. And every time that you're going to sell a piece of that crystal, you take the booklet out and you instruct the customers, you know, this is how you do this. You don't use, um, might be some too much soap on it or you don't use that. Just use a, a dry cloth and, you know, you just dust it and all of that. And so there is a manual. And so men, your wives come with, a little care booklet. And so you have to spend time getting to know her, getting, you know, understanding every little detail about your wife. You see, just like how you can sit down, listen, any other men in here, most, most of them, you can ask them about a football game. You can ask them about any of the players. You can ask them what number 12 does, you know, what's his strength, what's his weakness, which one you think need to be forward, sent and forward, which one, I don't know much about football, which one need to, but they can tell you every little detail about, especially if it is their team. 
they can tell you everything. Even when that player is not well and on the field, they can tell you that, listen, that player needs to go and rest because something is wrong with him. That is the same way that you need to get to know your spouse. God is calling husbands to realize that their wives are crystal balls on which he has placed a legible sign, handle with care. Handle with care. Do you want to keep your crystal ball beautiful and together? Listen to her. Spend time with her. And you will better understand her. Men have this great ability to fix almost anything that can break. Except their wives. They don't want to, to be just fixed. They want to be heard and understood. Men, try this next time. She needs to talk. Ask her, do you need me to listen or fix it? She needs to talk. It doesn't matter whether or not you can fix the problem or even really get what is going on in her head. Just listen. Most of the time, you don't have to say a word. Trust me, I'm a woman. I know that it works. My fourth point, peacemaking. Grit and bear the words, I'm sorry. Isaiah 54, verses 5 to 8. A wife forsaken and grieved in spirit needs to feel restoration in the relationship. But with everlasting loving kindness, I will have compassion on you. Men make mistakes. Men say things that seem harsh and unloving. Sometimes men don't talk in the pink language and women feel hurt by what has been said. That doesn't mean men don't know how to treat their wives or they are, sorry for the words, stupid or worthless or otherwise problematic. It's just that men need to learn how to say, I'm sorry. Women don't seem to have as much trouble with those two little words as men do. I'm sorry. Regardless of whether or not you understand why your wife is upset, you still have to learn to apologize. You have to learn to apologize, guys. It makes her pink world light up tremendously. When you show this kind of humility, saying you are sorry doesn't make you weak. It brings you closer to your wife. Actually, you might just cash in. You might feel like less of a man, but a real man is like Jesus. And Jesus showed humility to the point of acting like a slave. If he can be a man and do that, you can apologize to your wives doesn't take much to say I'm sorry you just need to say I'm sorry coming to the end loyalty this is my fifth point she needs to know you are committed Titus 1 verse 6 the husband of one wife. Can I read it again? The husband of one wife. Simply stated, one man to one woman was how God created mankind from the very beginning. Even when we discuss about the male Shortages in Jamaica. We don't have enough man. Half of them in a prison or half of them. It is still one man to one woman. God even warns men not to multiply wives because it will bring great trouble. Look at Solomon. He fell into worshiping false gods brought to him by his many wives. Letting your wife know that she is the only woman you could ever see 
in your life makes her feel very special. Her heart thrives on knowing that you love her alone. That there's no one else on earth but her. Sometimes that little text message. Yep. Honey, you are my world. There's no one else but you. You are mine and mine alone. Just, just sometimes just something corny will brighten up your wife's day. No matter how childish it seems, listen, we are children at heart. We are, we are like, you know, kids. And we giggle sometimes. We, sometimes we just want to giggle. Sometimes we just, we just want you to, you know, be corny. You don't have to always be macho. Sometimes we just want to have fun with you. So, sometimes you can, you know, lay down the sword and the armor and just play around a little bit. It is worth it. You want to make her day, or for that matter, her year. Show her how much you means to you. And tell her that she is number one in your life. And when you say it, mean it. Don't just say it when something happens. Say it when everything is going good. And my last point. Esteem. Putting your wife first and foremost. Ephesians 5 verse 29. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ also do, just as Christ also does the church. Lastly, in the acronym couple, to show your wife love, she needs to feel esteemed by you. Men are to love their wives as they love themselves. Men are to love their wives as much as they love to feed and take care of their bodies. Men are to nourish their bodies with food and cherish it as though it is, well, you know it's the only body. You don't have any other body. You know, you have some men that really take pride in their body, the physical shape and how they dress and what they wear and, you know, the, the whole shebang. They take care. They my husband loves his body. He nourishes and cherishes his body. Because I feel him body. And so he needs to do that. And I know most men take care of their bodies. What you eat, what you drink. And what you wear. And that's the same way that women needs to be cherished and nourished. We want you to treat us just as how <clears throat> sorry, you treat yourself. So when you're thinking of your body, think of our bodies. Think of, think of, think of everything. So you're going out and you think that you need to eat healthy today. So you know what? My wife needs to eat healthy today. So I'm going to take her home a salad. You think that, you know, I need to go on diet. I mean, wives, sometimes, you, and, and some women might take it or, you know, cause it, think it's offensive, but it's not. So... We're kind of taking up for you now, husband. That if the husband said to you, honey, I think you need to go to the gym. Don't let it be offensive. It must be something that honey sees why honey is telling you that you need to go to the gym. So, I know sometimes as women, we, are, we don't want to hear some of the things. And 
you know, might be. Sometimes that's why your husband don't say certain things because of how you react. But you have to allow them to treat you as how they would treat themselves. So husband, see, I just take up for you a little bit there. Okay. <laughs> Ephesians 5.21 says that each person should be subject to one another in the fear of Christ. Put the other person first. You married her as the greatest woman in the world. She met your needs and probably made you feel like you were on top of the world. You made her feel loved and appreciated. She felt like she was the most important woman in the world. After a while, the world and its ways of life creeped in. And that most important spot slowly waned. And she felt that she is now number two. And after a while, the kids come on the scene. And now wife is pushed from number two position to number three. So she's now third place in your life. And it should not be so. Your wife wants to be esteemed. Like the woman in Proverbs 31, when her husband stands at the gates of town, a local meeting place for everyone, and praises his wife in front of them. Men, your wives want to know that you're talking about them. You're esteeming them. Thank you, honey. That was sweet. <laughs> Husbands, your wives want to know that you're, you know, you're bigging them up with your friends. You are, you know, talking about them. They want to know that not just in, in, in when you're together that you're saying, honey, you know, I love you. And sometimes they want to hear, you know, other persons say, man, I hear your husband talk about you today. I don't know what. I don't know what you gave him or what did you give him. You know, you always hear some old people say, more something you give him will make him chat so much today. Yeah. Sometimes we just want to know that you remember us. Not just when you walk in through the door, but we want to know that while you're out there, that you remember that we are at home. We want to know that you're always thinking about us. And that you really and truly cares for us. Conclusion. Women feel loved when they feel like the two of you are a couple. This isn't a cure for it all. A cure all for material problems. And it isn't necessarily true in every single case. But it does have a biblical basis and has precedent as being true a majority of time. You may say she doesn't even try to respect me. She chews me out and gives me whatever single she chews me out and spit me chews me up and spit me out every single time I open my mouth. I feel like she bashes me just because I'm not doing it her way. She's right. And I'm wrong. Why would I want to do all this work to show her love? Because you are the male. And therefore, you are the leader. I would say it is your responsibility to take care of your part of the relationship. If she doesn't respond to your love, don't withdraw it. Jesus Christ issued the commands to love one another. He says, love your wife. Do what he says, regardless of her. Obey God and not man. How can we say we love God when we don't show it to our wives? How can we? How can we say we love God when we don't show it? Not just even to our wives, but our spouses. 
Maybe we need to say, I'm sorry to them. Maybe we need to say, and this is not just for the men, but wives as well, that maybe this morning we really need to just say sorry to our spouses for how we treated them. Might be times we've taken them for granted. Might be a time we, because we know that we're going to go home and they're going to be there or He's going to come home. So we take it for granted that all is well. But sometimes we truly, and this is wives and husbands, that we really need to esteem each other, love each other, listen. We were all created in God's image. And so... Just as a woman <clears throat> needs to be treated kindly, lovingly, and be cherished, it's the same way that our husbands want to feel loved, respected by their wives. And so we're going to come out of the, that crazy cycle that Emerson talked about. We don't want to be in that cycle. That if I'm not loved, then I will not respect him. And if I'm not respected, then I'm not going to love him. Love her. Thank you, honey. We need to move away from that cycle. We need to do our path. Love your wives and women. Respect your husbands. I know I'm kind of going into Pastor Omar part a little bit. But... As my grandmother would say, one hand can't clap. So we need both hands to make it work and both hearts to be joined together. I thank you. Amen. Amen. Come on. Give her a big answer. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord. Amen. So the truth is that this whole process won't work without Christ. Marriage was God, and we need Christ to help us to show love to our wives as men, and respect, and women should respect their husbands, and maybe you need to know Christ, and you haven't gotten to know his love, because without Christ, it is going to be very difficult to give love, even when you're not respected. And without Christ, it's going to be hard to give respect even when you are not loved. I want us to understand that. And so, men, I want to implore you, those watching online, your wife needs closeness. She needs openness. She needs understanding. The scripture says, deal with your wife with understanding. It didn't say to fix your wife. We are supposed to deal with them with understanding. Amen. As men, part of this process is a peacemaking. Then there is loyalty. We have to be loyal. She must know that she's more important than your work. She must know that she's more important than the ministry. She must know that she's more important than, than your hobbies. She must know that she's more important than any other woman out there. You have to esteem her, put her first. And so if you're here and you're thinking like, Pastor, but this not apply to me. Listen, if you won't get married and you're a female, you need to find out if the man is willing to live according to these principles. Because if he can't operate in these, you're already setting up yourself for trouble. Amen? No. Um, Told her that lady said to take up all the time. So next time when I meet you, I'm going to defend the men by pointing fingers at the ladies in the same way Lady Stennis pointed fingers at the men. Amen. So I don't I don't want you to miss next week. I 
and I want the men to ensure that the ladies who are watching and the ladies who are present come back. So our amen can be loud in their hearings as we as we heard them. The resounding and the amen resonating in the building today and the clubhouse. Some person never heard the amen when I'm preaching. Said amen. Until we meet again. Amen. <laughs> Come on, stand to your feet and let, let's, let me pray for you this morning. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Hallelujah. God, we bless you and we thank you. Lord, we, we lift up the marriages in this church. Come on, if you're married this morning, just lift your hands and let's just, let's just pray for uh, the institution of marriage. Under attack, all kinds of fiery darts from the enemy coming at husbands, coming at wives. God seems like marriages have lost love and lost respect. We have gone away from the principles of God. And so, Lord, we, we ask for forgiveness for marriages. In the name of Jesus. God, we, we come back to where we have departed from. We come back to the godly standards for marriage. Husbands loving their wives as Christ loved the church. And wives in submission respecting their husbands. Lord, we pray that you will heal the marriages that are hurting now. In the name of Jesus. Those little bulbs that have become blown, we pray that you'll fix them, Lord, and set them back in order. Fix the circuit so that the whole set of bulbs will work. Lord God, I pray for the husbands that they will get close to their wives. I pray that they'll be open, that they'll be open and honest communication. They will listen and be attentive to not just their wives' voice, but their wives' hearts. Know what's going on in so they can offer the comfort. God, you comfort the church. You listen to us, you gather our tears. You're such an emotional spirit, you are God. You're deeply in touch with our
give our marriage to you, Lord God. We say they are yours. And we pray your will be done. I pray that they will be fruitful and blessed and they'll be example. I declare that no weapon that is formed against the marriages will prosper. And every tongue that has risen against them in condemnation will be proven wrong. We declare that these marriages are strong and blessed of the Lord. And God is in the midst of them. 